Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. been around here for a while you know that one of my favorite spots on the campus of this church is the lobby and if it's not the lobby on a really nice day it would be the sidewalk and the reason for that is because I like to meet you people I like to get reintroduced to some of you I hadn't talked to one-on-one -on -one for a while and I like to meet those of you that are new coming in and I just like to have a little bit of one-on-one -on -one time with you now the single adults of our church will say that the reason for that is because I like to play the matchmaker role in the lives of single adults. And it is absolutely not, okay, it's a little true. <laughs> I enjoy that. I really do. I, I like it. Now, now, the, now I, I don't do it because the single adults like it. They don't like it. I do it because I like it. And I really don't care. Because it's just fun to me. It's fun to me. I don't like to see any single adult walking around here happy. <laughs> I want to bring drama up into your life. Because with drama, I know you will pray more. <laughs> I've only had one success in matchmaking, playing matchmaker for uh, a couple here in our church. I introduced many years ago, introduced a man to a woman. And uh, sure enough, they went out, they dated for a little while, a little bit later, they got engaged, a little bit later, they got married, they started having kids, and they are still married and with kids to this day. Yes, 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 thank you, thank you very much. But that's one out of thousands. And nobody ever gets back to me to tell me how that introduction did. Hey, you ought to go have coffee with this person, you ought to just talk to each other. Nobody comes back, unless it's a bad experience, I hear about every bad experience. But nobody comes back and tells me, you know what, that didn't work out, Pastor, but he had a third cousin that I met through a party and a friend, or he had a friend of a friend of a friend that I met through this person, that, right? Nobody ever comes back and gives me any credit for anything positive that's happening in that matchmaker world. And I'm okay with that. I don't need the credit. I'm just serving the Lord. That's all I'm doing. But I also like being out there because I want to I talk to you. I want to look in your eyes. I want to ask you the question, how you doing? And you can give me a stock answer of, I'm good, everything's fine, you know, great and getting better and all that kind of stuff. You can give me all that. But what I try to do is look beyond that, look past that, and uh, maybe see how your soul's doing. How's your, how's your soul doing? And when we can get past that a little bit, because every, every day I'll ask the Lord, and I do this every morning in my prayer time, use me today. Bring somebody across my path, maybe that I encourage and I can help, make smile a little bit, laugh. 
somebody, if you'll let me know, Father, I don't care where we are. If you let me know they need me to pray for them, I will, I will put my hand on their shoulder. I'll throw my arm around a guy and just uh, and pray with them about what's going on in their life. Because here's why I know that your soul is not perfect. It's because life be lifing and people be peopling. We don't live in a perfect world. We don't live in a place where everything is going to go good all the time. While you're a resident in this world, you are going to have to deal with some kind of adversity. We need to know that. And Jesus tells us in this life, you will have trouble. Jesus was real straightforward on that. Then Job said, man that is born a woman is a few days. He goes on to say, and those few days are full of trouble. So you cannot live in this life without dealing with adversity, and adversity damages your soul. Let me pray. Father God, we love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. And today I want to ask you please to deal with the people that are in this room, those that are watching online. I pray that they share it with somebody. I pray people in the room would go back and, and write a family member or say, hey, you need to hear this message. And Father, I pray that it would minister, it would heal, it would bless. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. To live in an imperfect world means that this world is not functioning according to the original intent of the Creator God. So life's going to happen. That means there's going to be economic downturns. There's going to be losses. There's going to be tornadoes. There's going to be tsunamis. There's going to be unexplainable illnesses that come across your life and into your home. And sometimes we just deal with adversities for no other reason than life's just lifing. The Apostle Paul talked about an agitation that he had, that he prayed to the Lord three times, would you remove it? Now, Paul was doing God's work. He wrote about a third of the New Testament. He was traveling from place to place. I mean, if there was anything that you would think God would not want in Paul's life would be a distraction in the form of an agitation. Paul referred to this agitation as a thorn. He called it a thorn in the flesh. And a thorn, as he's talking about that, is a metaphor for something that ain't killing you. It's just agitating you. Something that ain't killing you, but just agitating you. Watch this. is going to be the norm in your life. Well, I just wish God would get all the agitations out of my life. And he's not going to do it. He didn't do it for the Apostle Paul after Paul said, I begged God three times. Take a look at what this means on the side screen. A thorn represents a season of inconvenience that is sent by the enemy. It is intended to agitate you to the degree that you will abandon your assignment in order to avoid the agitation. And God told Paul, no, I'm not going to remove it, but instead I'm going to give you the ability to be able to handle it and deal with it. So the Apostle Paul said, if you're going to give me that kind of grace, if you're going to give me that kind of favor, then I'm going to keep going. I'm going to deal with the agitation. I'm going to keep rejoicing. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to do exactly what you want me to do, God. I'm going to keep going in the midst of dealing with something that's trying to distract me. Now, here's the lesson. God is not going to remove all the agitations in your life. Look on the side screen. There is no such thing as a life without agitations. There's no city without agitations, there's no job, there's no government, there's no relationship, there's no season in your life, there's no age that you're going to get to. No, life 
here without agitation. There's no life here on the planet without agitation. Now your thought may be, well, if God would just keep pouring blessings on me, then those blessings would overwhelm the little frustrations and agitations that I have so that I wouldn't even think about them if God would just keep blessing me one blessing after another. Well, every blessing has a backside. With every blessing, there is a backside. We see it all throughout the Bible. Sometimes your blessing is delayed because not that you're not ready for the blessing. It's because you and I are not ready for the backside of that blessing. With the Apostle Paul, he was given more revelation knowledge to be able to write portions of the Word of God. But when more revelation came more spiritual warfare. The front side, revelation. The back side, more warfare. More responsibility is the front side. More stress is the back side. More notoriety is the front side. More haters coming along with it is the back side. More influence in your life, the front side. More criticizing the backside. More square footage in your home, the front side. More expenses with that home, the backside. More kids, the front side. More worry about those kids, the backside. More employees and staff, the front side. More paperwork, the backside. More money, the front side. More problems, the backside. You do not get more of what you want. Hear me now without getting more of what you don't want. That's life. It's just life being living. That's what it is. It's just life. Now, if you trust God's character, you also have to trust his timing. Many times uh, a blessing won't come under your life when you want it, because, not because God isn't good, not because he doesn't love you, not because he doesn't want you to have it, but because the timing's not right. Not maybe the timing's not right for you not to have the blessing, the timing's not right uh, for you not being developed enough to deal with what's going to come in your life because of the blessing. Well, let me, when blessings come into your life, there's going to be people that don't like it. So God needs to know when he blesses you and the chirping starts in the family, in the friends, those that you thought would be excited about the blessing that's coming into your life happening, because you know, you know as well as I do, when something good is happening to you, you can only think of two or three people you might be able to tell that would have a genuine smile on their face. So God needs to know, if I bless you and the chirping starts, will you not chirp back? Will you not get on Facebook and try to explain it? Will you not try to uh, uh, give all kinds of explanation of why you're doing this and why? No, no. It, when the, see, here's the thing. When a dog barks at the moon, nobody pays attention. But if the moon starts backing to, barking back at the dog, everybody's distracted now. So can God bring a blessing in your life? Are you ready? Are you developed for the backside? You see, sometimes life is difficult and there's adversity because life happens. But sometimes it's because we happen. You see, you and I are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. We have the ability to make imperfect decisions. And every decision is pregnant with the potential to produce a season. Not just one result, but a season that's going to happen in our life. And some seasons that we are living out are a result, listen to me, of the decisions that we made. So life happens. Man, sometimes I happen. 
And some adversities, though, come into our life, and this is the one I want to camp on today. I want to land right here for a minute for the time we have left. Some adversities come because people happen. Sometimes we deal with adversity not just because life be life, but because people be peopling. Because God has humans living with a need for interdependence. And because of that, you and I are directly, or we are indirectly, impacted by the decisions and by the activities of other people. So when other people in our life make good decisions, well, we're, we're impacted by those good decisions. And when other people in our life make bad decisions, well, then we can be damaged by the decisions that they make. This means that you are going to hit a season in your life where you become a victim of somebody else's imperfection. Would you let that settle in for a minute? It cannot be your goal in life not to hit a season where you're not impacted by somebody else's decision. Well, I'll just pull back from everybody. I'll be responsible for me. I'll make my own decisions. And the government will make a decision that will impact you and your business. There's never a time where you're not going to, in this life, where you're not going to hit a season from time to time that you're not impacted to the point of, watch this, becoming a victim of a decision that another person made. Now, it's one thing to navigate through a season of struggle when you cause it. It's another thing to navigate through a, a season of struggle when somebody else has done something to you. Especially hard to deal with when what they have done to you and the season they have caused you to struggle in makes them not care. If another person has made a decision and now you're struggling in a decision in a season because of that decision they made, and they don't care about it. Now that's a whole nother issue altogether. And that's where God kicks in and says, guard your heart. We're talking about the soul. The two words are interchangeable in the Bible. God says, I want you to guard your heart. Proverbs 4, verse 23 on the side screen. Guard your heart above all else, he says. Wow. That's big. Guard your business, guard your money, guard your family, guard your house. He said, above all else, I'm going to need you to guard your heart, to guard your soul. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. You see, God gave you that soul, but it's your responsibility to keep it. It's your responsibility to be a good steward of it, to manage it, to keep an eye on it. Your soul, your heart, your soul, the invisible and intangible part of you that includes your mind, your will, your emotion, your imagination, and your affections, your mind, origin of thought, your will, origin of decisions. Emotions gives you the capacity to feel. Imagination, capacity to envision a future in your life, and your affections, what you emotionally attach yourself to. And God said, guard it. Guard your heart. He said, put a, put a fence around it, not a wall. Put a fence around your heart, not a wall. Some people overreact to pain, and they build a wall where they should have built a fence. They mismanage the pain that hit their life where they, they built a wall where they should have placed a fence. Now, I need to ask you all to just tune in on up here just for a second. I'm not trivializing any type of tragedies that have hit your life. And for those of you who don't know me, understand this. I am very compassionate toward those of you that have had loved ones that have lost, you've had your heart broken, you've been betrayed by somebody that promised to be there for you and they're not. 
some business deal that went bad. Listen, I'm not trivializing any of that, but God never told you to build a wall around your heart. Well, I'm just protecting myself. It's going to be about me for a while. That's fine. But put a fence. Don't put a wall. You see, many people will allow years of their life to slip by, walled up from other people, walled up from other relationships, walled up from other opportunities. And after a while, they begin to embrace. They embrace that, that the inside lining of that wall as if they were embracing a security blanket, which in fact, it wasn't a security blanket. It was a prison. And God never told you to do that. Well, you don't know how bad I've been hurt. I've heard build a fence. You go, well, what's the difference? Well, a fence has a gate. And with a gate, you can let certain people in, and you can usher certain people out. You see, with a gate, now I'm guarding it. With a fence, I can see over it. I can see who's coming and who ain't coming. And in that way, I can decide whether I'm going to let you in or I'm not going to let you in. You see, I'm responsible for guarding my heart. I learned a long time ago that being an advocate, my personal advocate, to be able to guard my heart has nothing to do with somebody else. It has nothing to do with attacking another individual. When I'm an advocate for me, I'm not attacking you. I'm the one that gets to set a standard for me. And when I set a standard for me, it is not a judgment on another person. When you set standards for you and your family, it is not a judgment for anybody else, no matter what the media wants to tell you. When you say, this is my standard, if somebody else has a problem with it, it wasn't about them. They need to go to God about why they have a problem with a standard that you set for your family. Why you're not going to allow teachers to teach your kids this, or you're not going to allow this to come into your home, or this to be a political agenda that's going to matter to you one bit. It doesn't because this is my standard, and my standard has nothing to do with you. I don't think I'm better than you. This is just about me. You see, I know me. I know what I bring to the table. I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I know what he put in me. And I know this, that if I'm in a relationship with you, I'm all in, 100%. If I'm in a relationship with you, we are going to level this thing up a notch or two. And you've got to earn the right to get on the other side of this gate. And if you're on the other side of this gate, if you can't reciprocate, you've got to vacate. If you can't reciprocate, you got to vacate. It's gate season. It's not wall season. It's gate season. You see, if you go, well, wait a second, a wall, though, is more protective than a gate. God didn't say, let the wall guard your heart, did he? No. No, he said, you guard your heart. Can I give you a quick illustration? Let's just say you have a stack of $100 bills. If you were to go down to Main Street and you take a table like this and you put that stack of $100 bills right here, what are you going to do with it? Because of the value of that $100 bills, you're going to be like this. You're going to be looking at it and you're going to be looking at everybody else. Rocky's over here. Okay, he's okay. You're making me a little nervous over down here. You're, Milo, you're making me nervous, but I'm watching it. Right? Right? So when something's valuable, you set it up and you guard it. What if I take that same $100 bill, these $100 bills, walk them down to a Wells Fargo bank, put them in a safety deposit box in the safe, and then I go to, I go to, uh, I go to Lake Powell. 
Now let me ask you a question. When I'm floating out there on Lake Powell and catching the stripers, am I guarding that money? No. The safe's guarding that money. I'm not even thinking about it. God didn't say trust your heart or your soul to somebody else. God said you guard it. You keep an eye on it. When you have a fence around your heart and not a gate, then you are allowing yourself to see what's coming. There could be some new opportunities. This one that I had in the past, it, it didn't work out and it wasn't any good. It hurt me, caused damage, caused pain. But I'm not going to close myself off to the future because God let me know that was going to happen. We're living in an imperfect world with imperfect people and sometimes their imperfection is going to creep into my life and cause hurt and cause pain and cause devastation. I'm not going to stop living. There are two things that God tells us about this life, and that is, number one, it's short. Seventy years, come on, how quick does that go by? Eighty, if you got the strength, doesn't, doesn't take long. But you're not even promised that. And the second thing that God tells us about this life is it's going to go by so quickly, it's like a vapor that's here for a little while, gone. Flowers that, that are here, that, then they fade, grass that withereth away. What he's saying is that this life's going to go, don't waste any of it. Being a victim to what somebody did to you in the past or, or the hurt or the brokenness that they brought into your life. And you throw up a big old wall. I don't want to never happen to me again. If you plan on loving somebody else, that's going to take risk. For me to love you, for you to love somebody else, means that you're going to have to take your heart out of your chest and you're going to put it into the lap of their decisions. And sometimes they're not going to handle it the way that they should. But here's a question. I want you to see it on the side screen. Who aren't you trusting because of who you couldn't trust? Who aren't you trusting because of who you couldn't trust? Every person in this room has been hurt. Every person in this room, soul, has been damaged. And if you know the Lord is your personal Savior, you have the source for that healing. The truth of the matter is, and this is why we kind of like each other, we're all a little cracked. We're all a little cracked. And if you, if you try, you can name the person who cracked you. Some of you were hit with a sledgehammer. Others of you ran over by a car. Some of you received the spirit of rejection. And it cracked you. It didn't destroy you. You know, I don't know what to do. Just go find another cracked person. Tuck into Jesus. Well, let him heal you. It's time to tear down the walls. Mm -hmm. Throw up that fence. Make sure that gate swings both ways. And walk out a confidence relationship with the Heavenly Father to every day. Father, give me the spirit of discernment. 
is this a good person or a bad person? Should I be partnering with them or not? Are they going to make decisions that damage me? Let me know in advance. I can take a few more hits. I'm all right. I'm not fragile. But I don't want crushed. Not again. Not again. And Jesus, I'm not relying on this wall that I have embraced like a security blanket that now three years later I'm finding out was a prison. Side note, some of you have embraced the healing process more than victory from the healing. And now you're three years into the healing process. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but heal already. What more information are you going to get? What more counseling are you going to receive? You've heard it all. Just heal already and get going with it. You're wasting life because of somebody you couldn't trust in the past. You know who pulled you out, put you in church, put you back together and got you doing okay? Back in a marriage with somebody that loves you, your second, your third marriage, but you're, you've got somebody you're leaning into now. It was Jesus that rescued you. He's the one who was there. And he's the one if you let him. We'll heal up your cracks, not make them totally disappear. You kind of need to see him for once in, every once in a while. He's the one who's there for you. He'll make it better. He'll get you going again. There is Jesus. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand I start to fall And all those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground And when the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now There was Jesus Buried in the book 
person in this room that hasn't felt rejection on one level or another. Maybe it goes all the way back when you were a child. Or maybe more recently, you went out with somebody, you really, you really liked them. They didn't reciprocate. You are a precious almighty daughter of the most high God. If you got a man in your life treating you like dirt, if they don't reciprocate, they got to vacate. Show them the gate. Get them out. Quit wasting time with them. You're, you're, quit wasting time. I can't bring you along somebody cool until he gets rid of the jerk you're running with. The cool guy's not coming around. I've been hurt so badly, I just don't know why I want people in my life. What happened, child of God, with you walking out your relationship with Jesus first? I'm cracked, Lord. I'm messed up. I'm hurt. I don't want to trust another woman. I can be ruthless and heartless. I don't know. And Jesus said, well, let me navigate you around this person because they're hurt. And I'll navigate you over here because they're not ready yet. I'll navigate you over there. But there's somebody I want you to meet. And you can't stiff arm them because of the person you couldn't trust. I need you to trust me and let me walk you forward. It's skate season. Living behind the fence and the gate when it comes to your soul is refreshing. You can see, you can breathe. You can make decisions. You can set standards. I'm not saying being reckless with your heart. I'm just trying to tell you that there's not some fictitious date on a calendar out there somewhere to where when you get to it, now I feel better. Now I'm not cracked. Now I'm healed. 
that's not even in the Bible. What is in the Bible is, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. What is in the Bible is his blessings over you and your coming and your going. What is in the Bible is the spirit of the sermon that lets you to see discerning of spirits of what is evil and what is good. What is in the Bible is you guarding your heart to say, this is my standard. Respect this standard. It doesn't have anything to do with you, but you better earn the right to get on the other side of this gate or you're not getting over here, bucko. And if you're over here and you disrespect what's on this side of the gate, I'm going to usher you out. Dear child of God, dear warrior, dear sister, it's gate season. Or you're going to be like so many that I've seen hurt in the past. You wall up their gate, wall up their, their heart. And they live out a life of complete loneliness. God doesn't want that for you. Your soul's going to take hits. All right. Your heart's going to get cracked. Okay. And the Apostle Paul said, I can deal with it. I'm going to strengthen up, and I'm going to keep going. I love our church family. I love the vulnerability that we have when we're around each other to say, just, just me, this is who I am. I'm hurt, a little messed up right now. Not responding real good to it. I got some escapism forms of behavior that I'm not real proud of. All right, we'll throw our arm around you, we'll walk you through it. There's some true joy and happiness coming for you. you can't fall in love with the healing process. Heal and fall in love with walking in victory. And do it now. Quit waiting for a calendar date. It's not coming. Just grab hold of Jesus. Take another step. Father, we love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. I speak healing over the souls and the hearts of the men and women that are in this room who have a hard time trusting, a hard time putting themselves out there again. They've, they've, they've buried their own personality to a point where they're not even attractive anymore. When that's not how you made them. You made them to laugh and enjoy life and to be fun and not so serious not so angry at everything and not so irritable. Father, they've been walled up too long. Give them the fresh air of what looking over a fence feels like and what taking control of that gate feels like. And give them the confidence to live the kind of life you want them to live and no longer wasting it because some idiot hurt them. And I pray this over my brothers and my sisters for healing in their heart and in their soul. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Have a wonderful day.
Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I'll ask you now to be my savior, to be my guide, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.